I would like to thank my sponsors, Maggie Flores with Southern Blues Boutique and Jessica Espinoza with Jessica's Crafty Creations. They both can do some very nice work. So y'all go like and follow their page and please support small businesses. Hello. Hello, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Okay, we'll get right into it. I want to welcome everybody to episode 37 of Levi's Youth Sports Talk. And today we have somebody from down south Texas, from Pleasanton, Texas, went to Pleasanton High School, and now goes to Mid- Midwestern State University. want to welcome Chloe Bryant to the show. Thank you for having me. So, um... Chloe, um, if you want to just, you know, start off with your upbringing and, you know, how did you get started into softball? Yeah. Uh, so I actually started playing when I was a little young and um, I didn't play like literally growing up. I started or like T-ball. I didn't play that. Um, I started when I was nine. So I did play little league, just not T-ball. Mm-hmm. My family was actually driving by around town and I saw a sign that said little league signups. I was like, Dad, I wanna, I wanna do that. And he was like, Really? I'm like, go on. <laughs> and are you sure? I was like, Yeah. I literally went to tryouts with no bat, no glove. Like someone let me use all their stuff. My friend did, and that, that's how I started playing. Um, yeah, I was the first one. Got us all wrapped up in this. Sport, so you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> welcome, brothers and sisters. Welcome, right? Thank you. Hey, um, so like, what, um, other than you know, just just seeing the sign and deciding was it anything else that you seen before then that inspired you to start playing or that was, it was just that one sign literally i i don't even remember like i think it was just the sign i was like oh that sounds so fun like i want to do that i want to play softball that's that seems so fun I, i'm sure my friend at the time that i was hanging out with was like yeah i'm playing softball and i just forgot and read the sign and it probably reminded me like oh yeah my friend's playing i want to play mm-hmm. but that was so long ago i can't even remember but <laughs> i know for, i we always talk about like what if i didn't read that sign like what if i was looking the other way mm-hmm. when we drove by it what could have changed what were you into any other sports no that was the f- first sport that i'd even like remotely thought about and then after I started playing that, then, of course, all the other sports came soccer, basketball, volleyball, you know, got drug in. But it all started with softball, yeah. Okay. And and what made you choose softball over the other sports? Um, I sucked at the other ones. Um, <laughs> my dad really wanted me to play basketball, and it was fun because he has made us very aggressive, strong females. But... I would have fouled out every game so and I could not make a shot without breaking the backboard so um that was easily scratched off I did play volleyball in high school which I did enjoy um I almost gave my dad a heart attack every weekend when we had softball tournaments and we were barely making it pulling in 1am to the hotel after playing a high school volleyball game but you know it was fun I loved it I did that but ultimately it was always softball that was something that I was naturally gifted at so Okay, okay. And so um talk about like how do you go about with your keeping your academics up and but making sure you're able to perform perform at a high level on the field. 
Yeah, of course. Um, that's something that we always stress to like my dad's teams and the girls that we helped bring into college. Like it's it's going to be hard, and it is definitely a learning curve for sure for everybody because everybody has different majors, and some people are more naturally gifted at school than sports, or vice versa. Um, what I do is I try to time prioritize. Like, look, you have to do this now. Give yourself some time to break and then go. To, we're going to work out. Then we have practice, whatever, whatever. Usually it never ends up happening, but um, I like to put unnecessary pressure on myself, which is not good, but it helps me meet my deadlines. And if I, if I tell myself that something's due, even when it's really not due, I'll get it done. But I have to have some sort of pressure to be able to finish my uh, schoolwork and softball and everything. Um, the way I'm successful doing both is surrounding myself around people who will also want to see me succeed and who will help me, like, keep my priorities straight. Like, no, we're not able to go out. We're not able to go do anything tonight because we both need to study. So we go into groups into, like, the library or we'll go in groups to go get like that. And, um, you know, like you said, you know, you surround yourself by, by people that want to basically want to do you know what you want to do as in stand, make sure you stand on top of your academics, mm-hmm. but explain like how, like you have to, you know, keep a really strong mind because I mean, a lot of people go to college and partying get into effect. And so yeah. like, you know, how difficult was it to, you know, make sure you stay away from those type of people, you know, having yeah. fun every time and then is it's okay. But, you know, just a complete party and lifestyle. How did you stay away from that? Yeah, um, it it also helps that I'm the major that I am, so I don't really have time. But my freshman year, my sophomore year, um, like I said, like I think the people, the I surround myself help a lot. But growing up, I'm going to say this probably a testament to my parents. Like they were really hard on me, but not necessarily really strict. They um, they let me know that, like, my decision is my decision at the end of the day, but the consequences are also my consequences. Like, <laughs> the consequences of my actions are only on me. And um, I think that helped me early on, even before I even went to college, like, knowing this, having mindset and that I want to be a dentist when I grow up, and it's going to be really hard to get there. And on top of that, I'm going to have practice every single day, and I'm going to have lift every other day. and and I'm gonna have homework um it's different like I said for every it depends on the amount you have but since I will be predetermined and I do being the oldest child I think think this is a symptom of that I do have really high expectations for myself sometimes they're unreasonable but it helps me keep myself in line and I think it's because I I'm kind of like a mom to my siblings as well and my friends. I'm the oldest of my friend group all the time. And um, I can, can keep us all in check. Like, no, guys, come on. We got to do, do this. So I, I'm going to say it's because I'm the oldest. I, I, I don't really know. I'm not really, I don't really go out that much, to be honest. Not even when I was in high school. Not, not now. Not throughout my whole college career. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen people who have gone through the ups and downs of going out and for them, 
making it to the end was the people that they surrounded themselves and like the pure will to want to be successful and yeah okay okay so um you know like going from high school to college like what's the one thing you wish you would have worked more on like as in your your softball game you know because you in college in high school and you know like a lot of high schools they don't really have many many really talented girls on it you know but they have mm-hmm. girls you know know what's going on but then you mm-hmm. get to college and everybody's good so like yeah. how did you how did you adjust from high school to college so something i wish i would have like known before going or something i wish i would have like worked on more was maybe getting stronger because i um i would say talent wise it's anybody's game like you can you can be the worst player on that team i don't really like saying that but you can be the least athletic on a team kill somebody's spot just by your work so they can be better than you but if you work harder it doesn't matter you're gonna work them and you're gonna you're gonna be better than them eventually you're gonna get there um but i think a lot of people under like undermine how much strength comes into it and that's that goes from mental strength and physical strength so I my parents raised me to be mentally tough so that wasn't too bad going in I I already had that there um but physical strength that was a big thing for me um beating down that barrier of like this that's too heavy like there's no way I'm gonna be able to lift that and then lifting it after two or three weeks of doing the same repetition of um, like that exercise, it was just crazy. Or like seeing it pan out softball wise, how much stronger I was throwing the ball, um, how much more range I had, how fast, how much faster I got. It really impacts the game. And that's, that's what makes the game so much quicker and so much more advanced is that the girls are getting stronger and not necessarily talent wise, but how much more muscle they're gaining. So that that's a really big big thing that I wish I could have focused on before I got into college. Okay. Um, so what is like your what is like a typical day for you? You know, during softball season, and what's a typical day for you like out off season for softball? Do they are they different or or are they the same? Yeah, for sure they're different. Um, off season, um, I'm in a NCAA school, so we have hours, like hour limits. I believe in off season, it's, I believe it's either eight or fifteen hours a week. Don't hundred um, percent. So we lift in the mornings. I'll lift at five a.m. I think that's four times a week. Five a.m. Go home, eat breakfast. It's really important you need to eat breakfast after you lift or eat something after you lift. Um, Sometimes I try to take a nap if I can. That's really important as well. Resting. Uh, go to class, grab some lunch, go to the field early, maybe try to get some extra reps in hitting or fielding. We have practice from like two to five, depending on the day, because like I said, we're in an hour limit. Um, after that, sometimes I still stay and get extra um, with some girls or we'll have like a team meeting after or We'll watch film, go home, eat, shower, study, or do homework, go to sleep, wake up, do it all again. That's for the fall. Um, in season, it's a little different. I, I don't 
have an hour limit, but it's way bigger. I think it might be like 40, 40 hours a week. So we lift three times a week, 5 a.m., go eat breakfast, go to school, come home, eat lunch, go to the field early, get reps, practice, eat, but practice is a lot longer. Uh, practice, eat dinner, go home. Next day I'm waking up, same time, because sometimes we lift on game day, so we'll lift early at 7, go home, shower, eat, and we have game the next day. Um, then the next day we practice again. So it's it's just a nonstop cycle. Of course, you have well, so some days we'll – we will practice midway of a travel game. So we played in New Mexico, for example, and we stopped, or we were going to stop, but traffic delayed, but we stopped in Midland on the way from Midwestern to have a practice at Midland College. Practice, shower, pack up, get back on the bus. We're going to New Mexico. So there's always a practice in there somewhere, even on traveling days. Mm-hmm. And, like, how do y'all do, you know, like with the schoolwork and all of that, like on the traveling days? Honestly, it's really hard. Um, I I get bus sick really easily. So knowing that in advance, I try to either do it before or make time when I get home, depending on the, the day of travel, or I try to get all the stuff that's going to make me sick out on the bus. Um, a lot of people can do it. They do all of their homework on the bus and it's good for them, but I cannot. I cannot focus. I get tired in the car. Um, it's really hard. That's probably the hardest part of being a student athlete is travel days and being able to be like, okay, I got to do my schoolwork while I'm here. Cause I never want to, but luckily I can either bust it out before or cram it in after. So I can add that unnecessary pressure onto myself and get it done. But I know a lot of people who have to do it while we're sitting on the bus, but power to them because I'm not able to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I wouldn't be able to do it either. So, um, but, um, so speak about, um, you know, in high school and then, you know, through your recruiting process and what made you choose the school that you chose and what other options did you have on the table? In high school, it was a little tricky. Um, I, I didn't commit till the summer of my junior year and I actually committed to a Kingsville. Um, but leading up to that point, I mean, recruiting process is brutal. Um, I think maybe my senior year or my junior, I am not even able to remember, but it's when they made that new rule where you couldn't talk to um, somebody until their summer of their junior year. I believe that's the rule. And um, I don't remember when that rule came into play. I think I was already, I was already a senior at that point, I think, but I mean, it's brutal seeing college coaches there and not one person talking to you and um, sending emails I mean, they weren't very good, but still sending emails to come watch me play and they're there, but I still hear nothing. So it was, it's really hard. And that's where I think the mental game comes in. Like if you really love the game and you really want to go play, you're going to keep going no matter how, how many walls or how many news and you get, you're still going to keep going and there's going to be a college out there for you. Um, I remember leading up to my junior year, I mean, we, I, I'm going to go back and rewind to high school time. We all know how high school is. There's like one or two girls who really know and the rest only play in high school. And it's really frustrating, but at the same time, it's almost like a downtime for you. Like you're just having fun, but you still get really pissed when you lose. Uh, 
that was something, but it also made me worse playing in high school. Like I, I wasn't practicing the right way. Like I was just messing around, but I was having fun with my friends. I don't know. It was, it's a good time. I wouldn't take those memories back for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, playing with those group of girls that I grew up playing with in little league, starting in little league when I was nine years old. That's, that's some, some memories that I'll always cherish. And I'm still friends with some of those girls today. All 22, 23 year olds. And we're still friends. I think that's so cool that a sport can connect you like that. But going to select, mm-hmm. like, in that moment of time, all of you are talented. So it's like, who's going to stand out this one time, this one particular time where all these coaches are here? It's just a lot of pressure that you're putting on yourself from age 12 and up. Um, and, like, even for parents, like, it's stressful to see, like, you're investing all this time and money into your, your child to, to get a scholarship or to go. I, I can understand the amount of stress that that comes from as a parent. Um, and then also seeing your kid not get recognized and you know how hard they work. That, that's also frustrating. And how good they are and how good they, they can contribute to a team and no one can. Um, that was really hard. I remember there was a moment in time where I almost, I almost quit. Like I went through the biggest slump. I was like, I hate this game. I'm, I suck. Like I'm not good. And even my dad at that point, I want to quit. Like you're fine. If that's what you want to do, take a few months off and rest took a few months off and I was like nope let's go again let's try it let's try it out um I believe that summer the next that following summer was the year I got committed so it's just like you I was that close to quitting that close and Mm -hmm. it would have changed my whole life um yeah leading going up to the tournament before Kingsville had saw me at the time Craig Nicholson was the head coach and Justin Lewis was the assistant which both great coaches, both great guys. Um, they're both head coaches at different schools now. Um, both went to the NCAA D2 World Series, got second the year before I came in. Um, but leading up to that point, Craig had told my dad that he wanted to come watch me play. And my best friend at the time had just committed there, or she was also going on a visit. She was a pitcher. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like we could go together. Mm-hmm. but I was in a slump at the time. So it was really tricky. All he said he wanted to see me do was hit. And that's Uh-oh. where the pressure comes in. <laughs> and uh, that whole leading up to that whole. And I remember my dad telling me you. Because he told me, and I'm telling you now, you better be able to hit by then. That weekend I played the best I'd ever played in my life. My dad was not there. He was watching on game. First at bat home run. I don't know how I did it. Like crazy, God's plan, like God's plan is insane, and seeing it work out, it's just he's times. Why you gotta stress me out like that? (laughs) Come on, man, you you saw me down in shambles, but if you just keep believing and keep trusting that he has a plan for you, like what what else is there? What else is there to do besides trust what he has in store? So. Yeah, I hit a home run. I hit, like, the next that bad, I hit a double when it bounced over the fence. My dad called me. He was like, what are you on? It's like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> just being beat. <laughs> that week, I was just going crazy. Even even our coach, you're clutch this weekend. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I, I swear it's not me. It's I'm just seeing beach ball. No, I swear. <laughs> yeah, that weekend, he was like, yeah, I come on a visit. The following week, I went on a visit. Our next day I was going on a visit and I committed it was just like everything was meant to be happened but I advise the girls out there if you really love the game and you're 
a goal is what's making you hate the game, keep going. Keep going. Because even like that, let's say you don't find a school doesn't reach out to you, at least you have those memories leading up of playing. Because you're, you're going into adulthood after that, and at least you're able to hang out with some, some friends, make memories, and do the sport you love for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, the, what's the most challenging part about being a college softball player? Mm, making time for yourself. Um, definitely that. That's something that our head coach, Brittany Talley, is big on. Um, everybody went through this wave after COVID of being like an introvert, essentially, but also wanting to be an extrovert. And it's really hard to be both sometimes, and especially being a student athlete. You're so busy or you think you're so busy that you aren't able to give yourself um, like time to enjoy. That's something that I go through a lot and my friends have to check me, which is crazy because you're asking me like, how do I stay on top of everything? And they're telling me, come on, just come out. You're always studying. And um, I'm like, no, I have a test coming up. I, I can't, like, I literally can't. And they're like, yes, you can. You'll be fine. Even my dad will call me, tell me, like, hey, what are you doing? Studying. Hey, what are you doing? Sleeping. Hey, what are you doing? I'm at the field getting extra. He's like, do you live? Like, do you have a life? (laughs) Not really, to be honest, but this is my life. Like, this is what I get paid to do. But that that's probably the biggest thing is letting yourself life. Like, if you are so hardcore and so dedicated to the sport and to your school and you're stressed, like you don't have time for anything, you do. You should take a breather. And if at that moment you're needing to sleep, then take go to sleep. Take a nap. You, you need rest. Or if you, you need to go out and breathe a little bit, then go out and breathe a little bit and have some fun with your friends. Uh, it, take time for yourself and understand that you're only going to do as good as you, like your body feels. If you're stressed, you're not going to do good on that test tomorrow. You might as well. So that, that's, how, that's how we always talk. Like Just relax. Relax a bit. Take a moment. Have some fun. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, is, <laughs> that's what I'm I saying. Mean, I wasn't, like, you know, a college athlete or anything like that. So, you know, but it's like you just hearing you you say it. It's like it's like you're a parent to yourself, and like, cause like if you think about parents, like for the kids, yeah, what I was saying is like it's kind of like. Once an adult, once your kid really get into the select world, it's like you just turn into like for me, my whole life completely changed. And it was like I'm talking about softball all day. Okay, mm-hmm. let's feed the kids. Okay, well, we gotta go practice. Oh, we gotta go to training, mm-hmm. we gotta go and then up oh, well, it's time to go to bed. It's like one in the morning, then it's wake up and then it's the same thing. And I'm like, crap, like and people is like always like, man, you know, you don't have, you don't call. I was like, like, man, I, I don't even have time. Like, mm-hmm. like I haven't even been to a family reunion in shucks. I don't even know how many years because it's it's softball. And if they fall on the off weekend, it's like, well, let me rest. And you know, so it's it's crazy. But no, that's, that's the life that I, If I could give you advice as a dad. Your kids go off to college. Let's. I, I hope and pray that they get a scholarship that they're hoping for. Even if they don't, I still hope that they pursue playing. Um, they, they're playing in college. You call them up. 
don't ask the first thing. Don't let the first thing be about softball. <laughs> ask them how they're doing. I want to strangle my we, we always get an argument. Though. I want to talk to you. I miss you, Dad. I don't want to talk about softball. I play softball. <laughs> so that, that's that's recommend to all parents out there who are softball parents. Sometimes it's okay to let your kids not go to that tournament. If they're 12 or 11 or under. Hell, even if they're freshmen in high school, I, I will, it's okay. To, one tournament isn't going to kill them, but if they're – or one practice isn't going to kill them. So, live their life a little bit because, wow, I, yeah. I was – my senior quote was literally, sorry, I can't, I have softball. It's okay. Like, I can deal with that. I'm, I'm obviously – like, I'm taking my – here. like, I, I love softball, but – I know a lot of girls who quit and called it, called it quit, tied up their cleats because a little and they couldn't playing, putting so much dedication to the sport, which I mean, I guess that weeds out who should be going to college, you know, but I feel like some of the girls who should have been there, who put in the time and who did love the sport, but got burnt out because every weekend it, that was their life. If that makes any sense. I don't know. That's probably bad advice, but. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, but it's, it's, yeah, no, but it's I've I've heard it before, you know, like mm-hmm. because I mean you're young. How who knows tomorrow you might wake up and say, you know, I'm I quit. I don't even yeah. want to play anymore. So no, I mean I understand. And for me, like with my oldest, I don't think that's an option if I tell her something like that. But <laughs> the, the youngest woman, I can I can tell her she probably could be like, Okay, yeah, let's go to this party. But the oldest one if it's a game practice, this she's like one of those real, real dedicated in the sport girls. She's like, can you tell tell me about um, a memorable memorable game or moment in your softball career so far? I'm sorry, you kind of broke in and out. You said something about my softball career. Uh, can you can you tell us about a memorable game or moment in your softball uh... career? Yeah, uh, let's see. Let me think of one. Because there is a few. Let me think of one that I was most proud of. Or most memorable. I guess I have a few. I'm going to say two. First, in high school, playing my last senior game with my sister, which now we're going to play together on my senior year again, which is so fun. Like, just playing that season with her, I did regret being so hard on her. But now we're, we're here together, and I can fix maybe what I felt I did wrong not necessarily wrong but have more fun with it knowing that this is it like I it's not gonna happen again like there's not a chance it's gonna happen again and that's something I'm so excited about um just experiencing life with my sister as adults now um that was that's gonna be super fun uh but another memorable moment was probably one of my first big at bats as a college athlete and it was um at Vernon my sophomore year Um, My freshman year pal, Egan, she plays at Florida, and she was there, and I got to learn a lot from her and learn a lot from those girls. Um, We would have been the NG, the the junior, though. Sorry, I'm breaking in and out. Can you hear me? Uh Yeah, it was breaking in and out, but I can hear you. We would have been the JUCO champs. We... I say it with my whole chest. I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> my freshman year in 2019, we would have been the champs. But um, the next year, obviously, sophomore year, I'm by myself. I'm the shortstop now. First big game. I'm up to bat. 
bases loaded. Like, I think the other team's winning by one. And this is, like, our last at-bat that we're having. All of our friends are there. My family's there. I go in, like, an eight-pitch count at-bat, blah, blah, blah. And then finally I hit a, a gapper and I clear, clear base-clearing triple. And it was just, like, watching that video back, that was, like, the biggest moment for me. That was when I finally broke through and, like, proved to myself that I was meant to be there. Of course, I had other games where I hit home runs or did whatever, hit back-to-back home runs or whatever. But that was probably the biggest moment for me. And even um, our assistant coach at the time, Ron Frost, uh, he even told me, like, after that he was so happy for me and, like, just so proud of me. He saw all the work that I had to put in to get to that point, and it finally paid off. And um, I just want to quote something real quick. Uh, Church, we had church a few Sundays back, and me and my friends go, and our pastor said, no one is ever going to understand how much you effort and how much work you had to put in to get where you are today. The only people who will see that are your children. No one else. No one else will ever understand that. And he was just referencing, like, God. Like, we're his children, and only people who know God and have a relationship with God will understand how much he did for us. And same thing, like, our parents and Coach Ron and those when you're a JUCO kid, that's your family. Like, it's completely different um, than being at a four-year. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. You just have to do it yourself. You have to experience it yourself. And being there, those are our parents. Like, we called them mom and dad. Like, they were our parents. They took care of us. They watched us go through the ups and downs and the, the valleys and the hills of the whole sport in life. And him even noticing and being able to say that to me, like, I've seen it for you. I've seen how much you've put in. And for it to finally come together and I was able to be there and I was able to coach you through it, I'm so happy for you. So that was one of the biggest, most memorable moments of my career. Nice. That's, that's nice. <laughs> that's good. Um, to speak on, like, um, your work ethic and, like, what, what position, what was your primary position? Uh, I'm at, my primary is shortstop, but this past year I played second a little bit. Okay. Um, just speak on, like, you know, your work ethic and, how much it had to change, you know, going from high school to college. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would have been way better if I worked as hard as I do now, if I would have done that then. And I always try to tell my sister, go work out. Like I'm telling you, you will get so much better if you just do it. And going, experiencing college as a freshman and then going and helping my dad's team, that was the biggest thing. I was like, I know it's annoying to hear, like you need to go hit outside of a ready hitting practice or you need to go practice fielding outside of fielding practice. like that sounds stupid but you are only going to be as good as you prepare yourself like that i i mind-blowing i know like right but going to college playing with pal pal egan is one of the hardest workers i know probably the hardest worker that i've ever played with hardest worker that i have in my phone like phone number i can text her talk to her like insane she taught me what work ethic really was and carried me under her wing and taught me everything she knew. And being a Juco bandit, which we, what we call ourselves Juco bandit, uh, <laughs> like you got to grind, like you're back in the recruiting process again. You're, I mean, you have a little bit of a step over like high school kids cause you have experience now, but if you're at a not winning college, you have to prove something. If your college isn't a winning program, you have to prove like your name and who you are and your stats have to add up and 
you go do a workout with the team, you have to be able to prove something. And um, what our coach likes to say, Coach Tally, is there's no such thing as a clutch gene. Like, the, you prepare what, – what you're prepared for is what you work for. So you, if you come up hitting the walk-off home run or the tying home run, it's because you've worked up to that point, not because you're clutch, because you've prepared for that moment. And that, that's something that we like to say. That there's no such thing as a clutch gene if you work for it. And that's not, that's not a thing. That's not an option. Like, you work hard, success comes to you. And I'm sorry I'm referencing God so much, but literally we just oh, talked about this as well. Like, when you're going out and doing these great plays and you see someone who's great, or like, they're like, dang, they're good. It's not by whim. It's because they put the practice in for it. And same thing. With God, if you go out into the world, you're going to be tempted if you haven't practiced having a relationship with God. So, like, if you haven't gone out and practiced your heart out behind the scenes, when you go into the real world and you go into a game, it's not going to happen unless you prepare yourself for those moments. So, Right. That, and that's a, a big thing, you know, that trying to get the young ones to, to understand. Because I have a 10 and and, you know, they think, it's it's okay oh i can hit okay so i'm Mm -hmm. fine like like no you need to do more than that Mm -hmm. you be known as a one-dimensional player you need to you need to work on everything you never know where a team might need you Mm -hmm. and that's something i could shout out my little sister kiki uh you probably see him put my dad posting about her all over facebook and for the people who are listening if you don't know who kilani Bryan is one day you will because oh my gosh She's out there doing something all the time. When I was younger, I was I would get so annoyed because she'd be calling me out at like six, going and practicing. My dad's like, Why aren't you practicing? Your six year old sister is. But now she's so good. As a as a ten year old, everybody's like, That's a crazy. She works for it. Like you, there's no denying. She's not just natural. like she's naturally athletic. I mean, obviously, but it didn't just come a hundred percent natural. Right. She works for that. And it's insane. She can go out work with the 12U team, a 16U team, and she looks like she should be out there because she's trying to show out. She's trying yeah. to learn new things. She's absorbing what the people around her are doing. And she's, then she's doing it, and she's practicing it and practicing it and practicing it. So the plays she's making aren't crazy to us. I mean, they're crazy because why is a 10-year-old doing that? But, <laughs> like, she practices it. So to us, we're like, yeah, I mean, she does that in practice all the time. So it makes sense. Right. Like, and she, wow. It's like DNA. Like, she's building it up. And it, it's there. Like, she's making it. So it's it's in her blood. <laughs> yes. That's, but that, that's good. Because at this age is, is when, I guess, they really, you know, figuring it out. Like, like I, I want to go to college. You know, they have those goals when, they, when they're younger. But, like, are they really thinking about, mm-hmm. college, you know, at, at six and seven? No, they just like, oh, yeah, I want to go there. It looks mm-hmm. cool. It looks fun. But now it's starting to hit like, okay, you know, now they're going into first year 12s and now mm-hmm. it's, it's getting real. So mm-hmm. you always have to put in, put in that work. And, and like my, my 10 year old, like I have her like a hey, list, like you have to do all of this every day. I need this done and it's up to you to get it done. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I need you to get it done, but. If you get mm-hmm. it done, you know, that's on you. That's just time that, that you're losing out on. Like, you need to continue to put work in when at all times. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, 
So what what um do you have like a a pre pregame ritual? Do you like you know listen to certain music on certain game days, or mm-hmm. it's just like whatever vibe and stuff you own? Um, I like to listen to music. I it kind of changes um from year to year where I'm at in life. Uh, I always like to bump some Ariana Grande before, um, but right now I'm on a Taylor Swift wave. But I do like to listen to like some rock and roll as well to get me pumped up. But for the most part, for this past year, I was just pretty mellow, like trying to just zone in, think about like we like to do this thing called um, like visual game. Like you're you're visualizing what I'm going to do today. Like I'm visualizing myself hitting the ball. And that's like you will be amazed with how much that'll help. I mean, it didn't help me much this past year, but um, (laughs) like just visual preparation and like seeing something happen out. It's almost like manifestation. Like I'm seeing myself hit the ball. I'm seeing the ball flight come off the bat. I'm seeing myself be successful and it helps confidence wise and it helps kind of relax you. Um, I like to do that. Obviously, I like to like do my hair and get all pretty and blah, blah, blah. We call it uh, TV ready because we like to look nice. But um, I like to get there real early, actually, considering that I'm a pretty late person. But I like to get there real, real early so I can take my time and relax. And Because in a game, you're already amped up. You're, you're on 10, like you should be. You're on 10. You're going. So I like to relax a little bit before then. Okay. Okay. Um, so I had um, got a, a screenshot from, from your dad. Mm-hmm. And... and um, your words was that I could give two hits if I have two strikes. It doesn't even face me. Like yeah. when you know, speak as a speak speak about that because you know you up there you got two strikes and it's this one pitch can you know go sit me down. But at the same time, this one pitch could really do damage. Mm-hmm. So like, how, how do you you know keep a stay focused in in that moment? Yeah, so um, Geneva Smith, Tori Smith, she really helped me. Geneva Smith, Tori, and uh, Ron Frost, they were our hitting coach at Vernon. They really helped my mental game, and that's something that we stress. That's a big thing that from high school to college, you are going to have to learn the mental side of the game and the numbers side of the game. I have two strikes on me. You get three pitches for a reason. if you pitch me two pitches that aren't my pitches, I'm not going to say that on this podcast because why would I set myself up for failure? If you pitch me two pitches that I know I'm not great at hitting, why am I going to swing at it? Why? Now, it changes knowing if I know the sequence of that pitcher. If I know she has a ball that I can hit hard, I'm going to take that every single day until she gives me the ball that I can hit hard if she's been pitching it in that game. It, it comes and goes. Like, there's two sides, double-edged short. If she has been pitching it for one pitch of that whole game, I'm sitting on it. I do not care if you're going to pitch me two pitches of that I'm not sitting for. So let's just say – let's say I'm sitting outside and you pitch me two inside pitches. doesn't matter if it's up or down, whatever. I see it's coming in, I'm not swinging because I'm sitting outside. That's the pitch I want. And if she pitches me inside on the third, the next pitch, I'll foul it off. There's a thing called the foul off swing. And if you don't know what that is and you're 12 and up, better figure it out because you're going to strike out a lot if you can't. Um, foul what ball. is it What is it called? A, a fouling swing, like you're fouling off the ball on purpose. 
I'm, okay. I'm fouling it off. I'm, I'm not trying to hit the ball and play. I'm pulling it hard. If it's inside, I'm pulling it hard. I'm swinging so early that I'm going to hit a foul. Or on the opposite side, if it's away and I'm sitting in and I have two strikes on me and I'm trying to hit in, I'm just throwing my hands at the ball, trying to fling it back against the net. Um, so that's a thing in softball, if you didn't know. Um, let's, so like I said, scenario, I'm sitting out. She's pitched two pitches in. She pitches another one in. I just foul it off. Or, of course, could be a ball strike, whatever. I'm sitting out. I'm sitting out. I'm going to make her pitch me out. It, it's happening. If she's pitched out in the game. Now, however, on the contrary, let's say I'm sitting out and all she's doing is just pitching in, 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 middle, in, in, in. She's not giving anybody out. Then, obviously, I have to change my plan. I, I can't go up there hoping for some or sitting on something that I'm not going to get. And um, but the two strikes, I don't care if you if I've seen you pitch out this whole game and you pitch me two in. Good for you, because I know you're going to come outside eventually and I'm going to hit it. That's so. just man, that's that's knowledge. That's just being really smart. But that's why this game is like ninety percent mental. Mm-hmm. For sure. And sometimes you know what? I know it's coming and I still miss the damn thing. So it, <laughs> it it's real it's a real humbling game. But the next time the odds are in my favor because you beat me once. You're not gonna beat me again. So Got you. That's that's real. I mean, just knowing who you're playing against and, you know, knowing what pitches. But at the same time, you're paying attention to what she's doing when you're mm-hmm. not up, you know, up to bat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, so, you know, um, like you said, you know, growing up, you didn't really have look up to anybody's softball. You just basically, you know, probably just read the sign. But once you started, you know, started playing, was it a player that you looked up to and was like, I not want to be like her, but I want to do some of the things that she do. Yeah, for sure. My favorite collegiate player growing up was Lauren Chamberlain. Um, everybody else who's on that OU bandwagon right now, now that they're a dynasty, you're fake. Because I've been there <laughs> since I was like 10, maybe in high school a little bit. No, not even high school. I was in like 7th, 8th grade. But I was an OU fanatic. I loved OU. My favorite player was that team. It was um, Georgia Col- um Georgia Georgia Clark, I believe. She was second baseman for OU and Lauren Chamberlain and Shelby Penley and then Sydney Romero came in her freshman year. I love that team. There's Aaron Miller. I was obsessed with watching them. And this was when they were creating that dynasty and Kalani Ricketts, which is actually who Kalani is named after from me, because that's another story we can get into another time. Yeah. But um but yeah, I loved watching Lauren Chamberlain. I love the confidence that she had in the box. Like, of course, she was a unit, so you could pitch her anything. She was going to hit it out. But for me, being able to see someone be so confident, even if she struck out, because you're facing the best hitter in the nation at that moment. Like, she knows she's the best hitter in the nation. She's not getting anything over the white. It's going to be up, down, in, out of the zone. She's going to get screwed over with some calls. So, she has to sit on her pitches and she has to be comfortable in the box and she's going to swing for the fence every time. doesn't matter if she struck her off the pitch before she's swinging hard. So that's something that I was just, I admired so much and a fielder that like I was obsessed with was Maddie Shipman. She was the shortstop for Tennessee. She was a, she was absolute tall. I think like six foot, maybe almost six foot. She played for the pride for a little bit too. Well, when I was growing up, I mean, I'm tall ish now, but growing up, I was always tall compared to everybody else. And um, I was told 
by somebody that tall girls can't play shortstop. And I went and told uh, Maddie Shipman that when I met her, when the Pride had like a signing thing. And she was like, who said tall girls can't play shortstop? Because she's six foot. So we took pictures together and that was just something that stuck with me. Like I can do whatever I want to do as long as I have the will to do it. And those two uh, led me through it. Lauren Chamberlain had to target on her back the whole season. She still was the home run queen at the end of the Hurts, at the end of her career because she didn't care. She didn't care because she put the work in. She wasn't clutch. She prepared for it. So those are the two that I, uh, two subball players that I really looked up to. Okay. Um, Talk about um, like, you know, you in like a very important, intense game. Like, how, how do you handle, like, the, you know, not really pressure, but pressure? You know, you win yeah. a home game, a home, you know, you playing away at a home, and it's, it's you know, it's a close, intense game mm-hmm. down to the end. Like, how do y'all keep y'all composure and just stay focused? Yeah. Um, I think what keeps a great team composed is having trust in the people beside you. Like, if you're – if you don't trust the person beside you, then you're going to be stressed out the whole game. If, you, if you're not able to trust that your pitcher is going to get the job done, which does not mean striking out everybody, but getting them to miss, ball, to miss the ball, to miss their barrel, uh, you're going you're gonna to win a lot of – you trust each other. But that I think that is something that is huge. At Vernon, there was teams that were coming in p- pitching their ace against us because we were nationally ranked. We were a great team. But what got us through it is that we trust each other. There was even a moment in time we played Bozier Parish, uh, Juco, and I think it's either Mississippi or Louisiana. They're nationally ranked as well. There were our, like, sixth or seventh game that week that we had played. We were tired, exhausted, hit a three-run bomb off of us in the first inning. Um, we come back, we chip away one, I believe, and then I come up, I'm the nine hole, hit a two-run bomb to tie it. And I, w- I literally went and told our pitcher, and Coach Ron got to witnesses, and he even said that, that was the coolest thing he'd ever watched was I went and told her straight up, I got your back. And that was like our motto. I got your back. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what someone else does to you if your team is strong and you're knitted and you're gelled. So it, it doesn't, like that. we would always say that, it doesn't matter who's coming to play us. It does not matter because we don't care. We are a unit. And if you're, if you're playing against a team that is a solid unit and they have each other back and they're a family, there is nothing that you can do you can even score 10 runs. It does not matter. If they're a family, they're beating you. I mean, it is a team sport. It's not, you know, like you're playing tennis or golf, you know. It's mm-hmm. either team behind you. You know, you, you can have the greatest pitchers, but eventually they'll start catching up to it and they'll start hitting And you're going to mm-hmm. need that. For sure. So, can you talk about um, a time, I don't know if you had any injuries or um, overcome like a setback, like anything you know, going through your college career. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. My freshman year, at Kingsville, very first practice, we had 30 minutes left, and I was having the blast. I was doing so good. I was so excited. I could not wait to call my dad and tell him how good I did. 30 minutes left. I got hit in the face, ripped my nose off my face a little bit, and my teeth all jacked up, and they were all. I could feel them all mess up in my mouth, and face swollen. I could not fill the ground ball after that. And a lot of people don't really know why I transferred to, because I went to Kingsville, transferred to Vernon the next semester. Um, and that was why. It was nothing against the coaching staff and it was nothing against any of the people there. Um, I just needed to start over. And 
Brittany Talley and Ron and uh, Tori Smith at Vernon did that for me. They they took me under their wing. Powell, being with Powell, being who's really competitive, brought it back out in me. Brought it, like brought the competitive nature out and reminded myself that I can do this. Like I'm I'm a baller. Like mm-hmm. I I I'm a gamer. I can play. Coach T took the time to help me gain my confidence back. Um, they would choose different methods each day. One day it'd be bullying, and one day it would be, uh, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. But it didn't matter. I was going to figure it out, and eventually I did. Uh, but then going into the next year, my sophomore year, it's been a, it was a, it's a ride for sure. Mental, mental blocks are real, and I created one after getting hit. Uh, I could not feel the ball again my fall, my sophomore year. And Coach T had to be honest with me, like, Hey, I got to bring some girls in to play short. Um, y'all can, you can fight for the spot, but I got to bring somebody in because this is, this is like my job. I, I have to win, you know, mm-hmm. and you're not getting your job done. You're getting paid to do this and you're not contributing. So I went home that summer. I mean, not the summer, but Christmas break. had a lot of uh, crying moments on a softball field with my dad, but came back and I figured it out. And I literally, my, my dad told me that uh, Coach T it's just like, what did you do? Like, how did, what, what happened? And he was like, it was her. It was not me. I mean, I was hitting the balls at her, but it was her. <laughs> mental block is a real thing. But if you, like I said, if you set your mind to something and you just keep trucking along and dragging yourself and trusting that it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You just got to keep going. Yeah. But that, that comes a lot with the way you was brought up. Mm-hmm. For sure. They was, you know, your, they were hard on your parents. Was hard on you. So, and and that's something that, like, that's the way I do my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't let them just get away. Maybe at the beginning when they was younger. Yeah, now I'm like, no, you know, you need to figure it out. Let's go. Oh, I'm tired. At first it was, I'm tired. All right, let's go in the house. All right, that's that's it. Now I'm like, no, you're not tired. If you was practicing at your team practice, you can't just tell your coach that you're tired and and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. so like I had to learn, you know, how to how to be hard on them, but kind of in a nice way because I'm like a a wimp in a certain way. I mean, it's girls, so yeah. you have the soft side. But like I'm, I I teach, um, uh, I can't think of it right now. Like, um, I can't think of it. Like I tell them things like hurtful things if somebody else will say it. But yeah. like I don't really mean it that way, you know what yeah. I mean. So mm-hmm. constructive criticism, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That is that's that's what I I am with how I am with my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. that's how my dad is for sure. That's how everybody is around us, and that's why <laughs> I mean, Coach T, I call her Mother Goose, uh, Mother Hen, because ah, oh, she sounds like my mom sometimes yelling at me, but I just take it like I take what she's saying. And she's She's my coach. She's my, my mom on the field. She's my boss. Like, I, I have to do what she's telling me. I have to fix what she's telling me. So. So how important is, is like, team dynamics, you know, how, how to have a good bond with your softball sisters and what part of that do you contribute the most? Sure. Um, bond is huge. Like, team chemistry is a huge factor. Something that uh, I think girls who are incoming freshmen and maybe transfers—it's really—it's really a shell shock going to a JUCO to for you because, like I said, you're a family at a JUCO. Like y'all are little bandits. Like 
I like to say Juco rats. Like you're living in the sewers. Like you are down at the lowest of low, which I do think there's some Juco's that are nicer than four years, but that's, that's something I didn't say. Okay. But um, you go to a four year and that, this is it for them. Like they're like, yeah, I'm here at the four year. Like they, they worked for it in high, high school and through select, but at college it's different. I, I don't know how much more to explain it. Like you have to experience it yourself. Juke, being a Juco kid is different. And so going from that dynamic to like just a bunch of kids at a university, crazy. Um, and I think that's why a lot of universities struggle the way that they do because they don't have that family dynamic. And uh, Coach T coming from a JUCO coming here, she's really trying to create the dynamic. And it's, it's hard when there are girls who have been there that don't want to change and don't want to, to try to do what the coach is saying. Even if you think it's wrong, just do it. You know, like, just do it. It, what can it hurt and um yeah the role that I feel like I played this past year may be a negative one but I was kind of like the person who whipped everybody into line like I was not the nice one but and I didn't have a lot of friends to be honest but that was my role like I checked everybody and I put everybody in place and but this year coming up now that we all are on the same page and we had to go through the year that we went through last year, I think everybody who's returning and well, everybody who's returning is on that page of like, we're not stopping. You're either going to get on our bus or you're going to get off and you're going to get left behind. Um, yeah, at Vernon, we were a, a family. I was still that person who kept everybody in line, but I was the communicator. Like, hey guys, come on, that, that's not acceptable you should be lifting more. Like you can lift more. Don't take an off day today. Do you think the team we're playing this week is the, or do you think they're taking an off day today? Like, come on, you can do more. Or come on, man, I drew way harder than you. You can't even throw as hard as me. Like just pushing people to be better. Mm-hmm. And this, this last year, it couldn't really be done that way because it was a different team dynamic. So we were trying to change it. And to ensure the change was being seen, I had to go about it a different way. But now coming back and everybody understands where I was coming from, I can change it back to the, come on, man, you could throw harder than that. Now that everybody's seen the drastic, the drastic way, now we can go to, since everybody's on that same page, we just all got to put the senses together. I'm just going to be the communicator again. Uh, I keep everybody happy. I keep everybody on the right page, we're all going to murk, murder the team that's coming. It don't matter who they are. I don't care if they're the number one ranked team. We're giving them hell. So that I think that's the role that I play, is just going to be the communicator and keeping everybody on the same page. All right. I mean, that's a good good role. As long as, like you said, you know, people just, just roll with it and just know that you're not trying to, you know, be that crazy player and just trying to Make sure everybody just playing right, giving a hundred percent. What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned since uh, playing college ball? That you're gonna have some bad days, and that sucks. There's gonna be days where you just don't do good, but it doesn't mean that you can just quit. You gotta keep going, keep trudging along. You're gonna have bad practices. You just can't let it crumble. You can't let it crumble you. 
And like I said, this past year, it was a hard one. I had a lot of school on my back. I was going to apply to dental school this summer. Um, I had a lot going on. And one thing could just set me off and not in a negative, like bombing type of way, but just like a, I would just be like, man, I, I can't do this right now. Like I, I don't even, this is pissing me off type of thing. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. I just want to go out there, take a breather by myself, but no one would check me. Like we could, like it should have been, like I said, we were trying to fix the dynamics. So no one would be like, Chloe, come on No. which we would do at Vernon. Like, come on, man, this isn't you. Go get your reps in. Go go do it right. You're doing it wrong. But um, that was something that I really had to learn, like, going in. I've never really been somebody who let – I mean, growing up, you're in high school. You think life's hard because you don't have, what, extra money to get chips or something? Like, you, you go to college, you got your degree on the line. Your future plans, your future, your future uh, job, like, playing time, scholarship money, like – it, it's a lot. And if you're not serious and you're not on top of everything, the stress is going to eat you alive. So that's, that's something that really a life lesson going in is that it can pile up real quick, but you've got to learn to just take a deep breath, be all right, handle it, handle it well, and keep on trucking along. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, uh, do you think you would have been, the same player you are today if you would have went directly into a four-year college instead of going JUCO first? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think getting hit in the face is probably one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me, um, which you would ask me that two years ago. I would, I was angry. I was angry at God. Like, why would you do that to me? Because I, coming out of high school, I thought I was – cooler than a bag of Cheetos like I I was in it like mm-hmm, what like you, mm-hmm. you can't touch me and it was a real humble in abode because I could not even feel the ground ball um it, it I had to learn the hard way that something that you're great at or something that you love can be taken away from you like that mm-hmm. it, do, yeah. it does not matter what it is it can be my my favorite plant that I have it can die in two days if I water it too much um I had to learn, had to crawl my way back out of it. And if I would have stayed at a four-year, I don't think I would have appreciated the love of the sport. And I would never have been able to experience a JUCO family and those friendships that I made as a JUCO. I still talk to those girls that I met in 2019 fall of COVID. I still talk to them. Even though I haven't seen them since we left, I still talk to those girls. Um, one... One of my friends, uh, her name's Stony Carrillo, she actually passed away this past uh, fall. She was on those teams, those two teams she played with us. And I still talk to her. And that was a hard shell shock. There was teams from – there was girls from teams before me. There was, it was uh, when I was a senior in high school and she was a freshman because she took a third year to JUCO. Uh, when she was a freshman, those girls showed up to her funeral. Like, it, there was multiple – three different generations of Vernon kids showed up to that funeral for her. Like, that just shows you how tight-knit of a JUCO family. And I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't get to experience that. It's just a different breed. It changes you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you stay motivated, like, during the off season, like like now? Like, you know, how, how do mm-hmm. you stay 
motivated to, to know you continue to get your reps in and, and all of that? I mean, of course, um, with it being my last year, that's something that's a big factor. Like, this is it, Chloe. Like, you've been playing this sport since you were nine, and this is it. There's no more extra year. This is your fifth year. You don't have anything after that. So that's a big motivator. But the past few seasons, and I mean, even this one, I guess, it's I know that there's someone coming in. There could be a returner. There could be a freshman. It could be a transfer. There's someone coming in trying to play my spot. And if I don't work today, they might. They might get one more rep than me, and that could be a difference in who gets to play or not. So that that's a big motivator for me, but also just, like, for myself. Like, I want to be successful, and I want to have fun, and you're not going to have fun sucking. So you're not going to have fun <laughs> – you're not going to have fun necessarily always sitting on the bench. So and that's just me. There might be some people who do. You know, that might be their role at the time on that team. But being my fifth year, that's not the role that I'm calling for myself, and that's not the role that I will have. And I'm speaking that into the world. So hear me loud and proud, Jesus, because I will be starting. Like that, and that's it. So Claim it. That, that like, you got to – it's got to be internal. Of course, there's going to be some factors, some external factors that should play that should play into it. But at the end of the day, it should be yourself. If you don't want to be great and you don't want to be successful, that's okay. Just move away, move to the side because there is some, there's someone who wants to be. So, taking up someone's time. Okay. What, what advice um, would you give younger players – uh, looking to put, going to play college uh, softball, like um, seniors or juniors, you know, getting ready to go to college? Yeah. Uh, for my seniors, I would say get as many reps as you possibly can. And even though you about have like a month and a half left, because once you get there, you're still working, but you're all starting at an even playing field and starting positions. Now, it changes when you go to the spring, but coaches kind of have an idea of who's going to start where. And your first impression is everything. And if you go up there and you are out of shape and you can't hit the ball very well and you're bobbling balls because you're nervous, because you're not prepared, you're going to be at the bottom of the food chain. And you're going to hate your life. You're going to hate the experience. You're going to be like, this place sucks. The coach doesn't like me. Blah, blah, blah. Well, would you, would you, would you like a coworker of yours who never does their job and com- comes to work undressed? Not not in the right outfits that y'all communicated or didn't get their work done. So the project's late. You wouldn't like them either. They're getting paid the same amount as you and they're not performing. So do your work. Come in prepared. Be fit. Be in shape for my seniors. That's what it is. If you're a senior and you're not committed, keep trying. We have a few more weeks of summer left. And even if you don't find a home, email somebody because they will take you. And then you can go steal someone's scholarship after that. Work your butt off. You can even start as a walk-on. I've seen multiple people do it. You can start as a walk-on. Um, my juniors, you still got some time left. If you're already committed, don't quit working. You can, you can make yourself ten times more of a player if you keep working hard. Now that you're committed, that's when the work really starts. You should bust your tail to go in and be a starter as a freshman. That's the biggest compliment that you can have starting as a freshman. doesn't matter if you're at a JUCO or at a four-year. Right, if you're at a four-year, that's a huge compliment if you can contribute to a team as a freshman. Um, if you're not committed, keep working hard. you still got time left. And then if, once you fall into the senior column, you can just rewind this back about two minutes and listen to that to that spiel. So mm-hmm. there you go. 
Gotcha. You know, um, just, just, um, you know, we're getting, you know, towards the ending, but just speak on, you know, like the difference between like a JUCO and a four year, like, you know, cause people look at a JUCO and it's like, yo, like, why would you go yeah. there? You know, like, like mm-hmm. nobody goes to JUCOs, but actually JUCOs are for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, like just, just, uh, speak on, your experience, you know, more of me going to JUCO than the four year. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. Me and my dad were one of those people. Like, I was like, I'm not going to JUCO. No, I'm not doing it. No, I'm going to a four year. But once I got to experience it, you're in a small town, majority of the JUCOs, you're in the middle of nowhere, majority <laughs> of them. But we had a we had a locker room. Some of them, the school that I went to after that wasn't actually Midwestern State. It was Arkansas Tech. We had a completely different setup. It wasn't like the one that we had at Vernon. It was a little nicer at Vernon, in my personal opinion. Uh, we had beautiful uniforms that teams that we've played against in the Lone Star or teams that I, teams that I played against in the Great American Conference weren't even close to having. Um, your, your family, you're like in a little secluded bubble, like – you don't know anything about the outside world except where you are, and you can live, breathe, and eat softball or your sport. Of course, schooling's there, and you're getting your associate's degree, but it's just your basics. So it, it, it's not it's not easy by any means. You got to work hard for it. But everybody's on that playing field. You can you can go tutor with your friends because you're taking the exact same class. Like it, you have the help there. You eat at the calf with your friends every night. You see every other sports team. Like you have a family. And you feel it. Everybody in the town knows who you are. They come to the games. It's like it's like you're a little god in this town. Like you are like the famous player of all time in this town. And your coaches love you and take care of you. That's that would another recommendation be the biggest thing that I would look for if I was committing again to anywhere would be to actually genuinely have a relationship with the coach and I would ask the girls do you genuinely have a relationship with this coach um if you don't then I wouldn't go there you need to have a good support system with those coaches and it like turn around and run um, that's the biggest thing that's been for me um, the coaches that I've gone to and the coaches that I've um, been successful with were coaches that cared about me as a human being outside of it and that that's all I'm going to say I mean I'm not going any more in depth than that but that's one right. um, versus a four year like I'm here now I'm at a four year and I love it I love the atmosphere because we're changing it and that's the beauty thing in every you can change a culture to be successful. It's just everybody has to want to because one person can hold you back. It doesn't matter if you have a team of 30. And out of 29 can hold the team back. And that's the hard truth. Um, it's different. Um, of course, school is going to be a little bigger. Classes are going to be way harder because the, big, the classes are bigger. Um, the professor doesn't really get to know you one-on-one like it would be in a 10-person class at a junior college. Um you have to go out and make the connections yourself. No one knows who you are. Uh, you you have to put yourself out there if you want to be successful. And just same thing goes. Like even if you ask these girls, hey, do you have a relationship with your coach? And like, yeah, I love I love him or her. Like they're so great. They've put themselves out there to have that relationship with her or him. So kind of goes hand in hand. 
you have to want to things junior college and you have to go out people you have to one's gonna do it for biggest difference so I made one friend I'm gonna take my one friend and show them to all these things for the people that I knew before I met her so at a four year it's a little different you meet one person in class you may only talk to them in class or about assignments. But if you want to hang out with that person outside and create a relationship with them, you have to take that next step. And that can be taken into bigger things. But just like that, you, you kind of have to make your your memories as you want. If you want it to be fun and you want to have a great uh, college experience and you want to have something to look back on, it's going to be what you make it. So that that's what I would say. It's a little different. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's some? Sorry, that, that probably that probably didn't make sense, but <laughs> no, it, I mean it did. It did. I mean that's just your that's your you know personal you know experience and that's your opinions. I'm pretty sure other people they might have you know something totally mm-hmm. different from what you just said, but mm-hmm. I mean that's your experience there. So I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. So, um, what's what's some good advice that you would you would give yourself? coming um out of high school um have faith in what you've made yourself this far that's something coach ron uh had told me had it pin- he told me uh what did he say i know it, i tell people this all the time is bet on yourself uh i made everybody on our team bracelets that said boy bet on yourself you know what you're going to you're going to hit this this girl that's trying to steal your spot. Y'all just gotta out hit each other. Who's gonna hit better? No, I am because I'm betting on myself. You're not beating me. I'm always gonna bet on myself 100. If I'm failing this class and I need to pass this next test to pass the class, I'm always going to bet on myself. You're never going to beat me if I bet on myself. And if you always 100% bet on yourself, you will go far in life. It's crazy how successful I've been betting on myself because the odds, I swear, have not been in my favor a lot. The final question I have, um, who would you like to hear on the podcast? But the answer, you would have to help me get the answer on the podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Who would I like to podcast? Would it be softball or could it be anybody? Oh, it could be any sport. It don't have to be softball. Hmm. I'm trying to think now. Who do I want this podcast? Huh. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is always Pal. Like, I feel like you hear Florida softball player from a JUCO. Like, you're like, what? Like, how did she make it? Like, that. that's like the ultimate goal, right? Like, go JUCO d1 that's what everybody's been told you can still go juco and you can still go to a d1 that you're still chasing your dream that's what everybody hears and you never really see it happen but she right. made it happen so um it would be fun to pick apart her brain if she does listen to this good luck buddy if i can if i can get you <laughs> on uh, that's that's always the first person who comes to mind especially in the softball world because she is a good friend of mine and even greater person and i would like to hear her answers because i know they're gonna be funny 
No, okay. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe, never know what can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just send a message. If you'll give, send me her contact, I'll send her a message too. You know, I yeah. don't mind. <laughs> For sure, so, but she did. Um, a, I did a podcast series as well for uh, our select, my dad's select team, which I think a year or two ago. And I got her, Audrey Lavalley from Arkansas. I got Hope Troutwine from Oklahoma, and I think I got one more person. I got them all to come talk on a podcast, each one of them, and have the girls break apart their brains. So I can help you with anybody you need. Okay, okay. So yep. got some good luck there, then. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it helps sure. when you're a college softball player. It helps, I swear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's always good to keep your contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the people I talked to today is all the people I just recently met in the football. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah, like I don't really. I mean, that's all I know. That's the last few years is softball. Like yeah. I don't, you know. So. But, I mean, Ron Frost would also be a good one. He he has a lot of. Uh, he's got a, a nice brain to pick apart. I guess you could say. I could also give you his contact info. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you could send it right over. Yeah, but, for sure. But, but I appreciate you, you know, taking your time out of your day, you know, to do the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. I thank my boy, Mike Estrada, for getting the logo right. So all my small business owners, if y'all need some logos, y'all hit up my boy, Mike, man. I'll let my boy Thomas, he's still out here getting them kids right. So, y'all, speed and agility, y'all need to hit him up. He got some quality work. My boy Jeremy with the tent, go follow his page on Facebook, GTZ Window Tent, and, and hit him up. Man, y'all get them appointments in. Levi's reads some more. Let the wife get them doors looking good. I know them doors might be naked, so go ahead and let her get y'all right. Levi's Mobile Detailing, just a call away from getting them cars to looking brand new again. So y'all hit us up and we ready to get some work in, all of us.